0: You're listening to How You Create with Ben Terry. Rami, thanks so much for joining me on How You Create. Super great to have you. (laughs) Um, Thank you. And congratulations on receiving uh, the Creator Labs Aperture grant. Uh, That's like a, a huge milestone and accomplishment for any photographer or creative to get that affirmation of receiving a cash grant like that. Um, but but before we kind of dive into how you're going to use that funding and, and what you're working on, like, let's start a little bit of just like, tell me about your creative journey. Like how did you stumble into photography and was photography something you always wanted to do, or do you even classify your creative practice as photography specific?
1: Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I feel like I love telling this story like so much, um, Cause I think it only started back in like 2017. It's like right when I graduated high school. And you know, it's like a weird time for like seniors because everyone's like applying to four year universities and they have like their majors figured out. And like me and my group of friends were like, well, I guess we can just kind of like hang out and just kind of like figure it out as we go. Um, And you know, I went to like a community college because you know, that's a time of like discovery or just like people who, you know don't necessarily want to spend as much money so i was like okay i can go there like figure my stuff out um because i wasn't necessarily like too not i mean i was a good person in high school but i wasn't too good academically so you know i went to mercer county community college um in new jersey uh, and is that and, where you're from is new
0: jersey
1: yeah i say central jersey it exists i swear it does <laughs> it's i swear um <laughs> there's like this whole debate that it doesn't exist um <laughs> And I went to Mercer and, you know, I was taking all the core classes like English, reading, writing, math, um, all the works and just barely making it. Um, So then I had to fill my credits. So I took like a black and white photography class. At the time, I honestly couldn't tell you what I expected, but it was like a dark room black and white class. And I was like, oh, this is a setup. Like, I did not know what I got myself into. So you're shooting on film cameras? yeah yeah yeah. people are kind of always surprised when i tell them i shoot like um six seven like medium format film photos um because all the photos just seem to be like really crisp and like the colors are like really cool um but all like my majority of my photos like film Hmm. um i like rarely shoot digital only if i have to yeah i don't like it me and like digital have like a disconnect it's really weird um but
0: you were in uh, this black and white film class messing around with film and you just got obsessed with it or like what was when did it click for you
1: um i think it clicked maybe how many times did i have that class um i think it was maybe like a every other day kind of class situation i forget how the community schedule was whether it was like once a week but i got kind of obsessed with it but the first class i was like i remember looking around at everybody in this like red light room and i was like what is everyone doing right now <laughs> um and then i got obsessed and then like You know, I would spend, like, hours on end just, like, in the lab, like, you know, making deeper connections, working alone, listening to my music, and just, like, spending hours and hours and hours developing film, printing. Um, And what were you, like,
0: shooting? What were you drawn to? Did they give you, like, a lot of prompts in school where you had to shoot certain things? Or was it pretty free?
1: um, The assignments were, um, you know, like, um, you know, like, prompts. So it was like, oh, shoot you know try and capture motion so you know you would go down to a lower shutter speed and then you would Mm. try to capture motion that way or you do like street photography and portraits um at the time I can say you know when I had downtime and freedom I was really like obsessed with Gregory Crudson's work um in a sense so like digital you know like this weird like eerie Well, that's really
0: interesting because sometimes I feel like people get obsessed with like the um the object or like the the story or the person they want to shoot and then that's like drives Mm -hmm. them into photography but it seems like you kind of were exposed to the practice and the method of film Mm -hmm. and the lab and that's like what really got you excited does that resonate with you
1: yeah I like really got excited although I feel like at the time I didn't necessarily know what I wanted to photograph I just wanted to photograph like I was just like spending a lot of time in the studio and trying to like do these like weird post production Photoshop-y type things that I don't necessarily like doing nowadays, like I absolutely <laughs> you kind of have to
0: experiment though with that kind I know, of
1: stuff. so I luckily had like my experiment uh, experimentation time, you know, at the beginning as per every artist, so
0: so after all the lab and the college experience like. Um, did you finish school or did you like go straight into like trying to be a professional photographer or like where'd the journey go from there?
1: The journey went two years and a half in at Mersey um, County Community College, you know, and I was still taking photography classes and court classes. And then, you know, after like two years and a half, I was like, okay, I'm ready to fully pursue this. So then I transferred to the School of Visual Arts in New York City. Okay. So now you're yeah, in the big for, city. Now I'm in the big city where i've always wanted to be where anybody always ever wants to be um and i went for photo and video
0: okay and so are you still in school now or have you already finished or
1: i like just graduated in may so i'm just oh awesome Wow, it's kind of weird
0: so now now you're kind of like in the in the space of like figuring out kind of like your career and trajectory of like what you want to do as a photographer
1: yeah so it's kind of like I can take my own lead at this point kind yeah of but that's
0: that's pretty fascinating because when I was looking at a lot of your images and work like it seemed like in 2020 that was like a big milestone in your photography of like kind of creating like a path in a narrative that you wanted to like really go deep into and so I'd love mm-hmm. to kind of hear of like what was the impact of 2020 like was that a milestone do you consider that a milestone for you in your photography journey and, and creating work and how did you kind of balance that with wanting to do more of that but then also being in school and yeah yeah tell me um, more about that piece
1: I think it it was a really pre- it was a pretty big milestone. I can say, um, you know, twenty twenty was like a really weird year for like everyone. It was like COVID, and I was like in New York City at the time, and then all the protests, you know, happened with like George Floyd, and I was like, lockdown was happening. I was supposed to be inside, but I was really outside protesting like every single day. <laughs> um, SVA classes were still continuing. Everybody was on Zoom, and um, I had this professor. You know, I was making work that I necessarily didn't like, but work that got the assignments done. Hmm. So the professor basically was like, Well, you know, you don't seem too connected to this work. Like, what are you doing on like your off days, day to day? And I was like, I go out protesting like every day. It's like, you know. Oh, interesting. <laughs> yeah. So I was like out every single day. Like there wasn't a day in 2020 that post George Floyd happened and I was like, not out. Um, And when
0: when you're out, like, this is, like, camera in hand, like, going to document? Okay.
1: No. I was not photographing at the time. I got in a space of, like, individuals who were like, we don't want to be photographed. And, you know, I had, I made some really big relationships at that time. And I respected it. I was like, you don't want to be photographed. I get it. Because, you know, at the time, people were doing, like, autonomous actions. You know, they were... I guess I won't say it, but we we know what they were doing yeah. in 2020, especially in New York City. So I was like, I won't photograph. I'm here to, you know, be immersed in the community, try to understand people, you know, as a black I individual. I think that's I pretty like.
0: huge because a lot of people sometimes deciding the photos you don't take or the photos you do take but decide not to publish or put out are some of mm-hmm. like, you know, that's a that's a hard discernment decision for the photographer to kind of make. But those are some of the most important ones.
1: Yeah, like I I guess at the time I could have had some like a really expansive archive of just like these images. Like I was in midtown when things were being burnt in, like in flames, like trash cans, the streets mm-hmm. being destroyed, people running away. But at the time I was just like experiencing it all. I was just like watching. Yeah. Just like just, like, just well, absorbing it <laughs> all then. Yeah, I mean, and that was like my first you're actually dorming and living in the city so for that to just like happen within a few months I was like (laughs) well I was like this is kind of interesting um you know and I just was like respecting people's decisions to do how they felt at the time um
0: so your teacher is kind of noticing the prompts that they're kind of giving or the work that they're trying to assign to you isn't necessarily connecting and so they're trying to figure out where you're spending your time with
1: yeah. So then they essentially were like, well, you know, what are you doing? And I was like, well, I hang out with like my friends that I met at protests because we were like at Occupy City Hall all the time. And they were like, well, why don't you photograph those people? And I was like, they don't necessarily want to be photographed. um And it wasn't until maybe like a few months later, like a year later, that I was really like photographing at protest spaces. Mm.
0: And what was that experience like of like figuring out how to capture you know, these photos in such a way that, like, honors the people, these are your friends and your people that you're kind of spending a lot of time with, but then also creating meaningful work. Like, did you wrestle with that tension at all? Or
1: Yeah, I think I did in the beginning. Um And I was also wrestling with using a digital camera at that time, too, because, like I said in the beginning, I don't necessarily have a connection with using a digital camera and i was just like taking these like small portraits of my friends and they you know they were like kind of cute kind of like oh these are people i hang out with day to day you know it was kind of like preserving their existence Hmm. but in like a really subtle way i didn't really like take it serious until i got to the stonewall protest that two of my friends had um revitalized like a year later after like george floyd in the summer
0: and they kind of did a book or like a zine around that stonewall protest
1: yeah, it was um Revolution is Love, um, Black Trans book by Aperture.
0: Okay. And so how mm-hmm. did that so you are you friends with the people who kind of spearheaded that that book? Or like how did you kind of get involved in that project?
1: Yeah, well, I mean there was like how many photographers were in that book? Maybe like twenty two? Yeah. There was it was like an expansive list of photographers. It was a good so curation. It just, yeah. It was like really good. And the book was like two hundred and like fifty pages, two hundred and twenty um but you know they like gathered up every photographer that was in the protest space at that time and just were like we're gonna make a book and you know ryan mcginley at the time had like you know ryan's everywhere so he has like a contact at aperture and then we worked with aperture and then it was like a year later that the book like came out and it was like so crazy to experience but yeah
0: and you've got pictures in the book which is like another big like step know, in yeah. the photographic it's journey like, <laughs>
1: yeah so i mean it was just like really great to contribute the images because I felt like you know in that space it was really centered around like black trans individuals, and it was just like felt good to you know give those images to the community in a mm-hmm. sense, yeah, mm-hmm.
0: that's really cool so over the past couple of years of kind of documenting like what what do you feel like is like the main thread between all of your work like is there a central theme to the type of work you want to create, or are you just kind of open to like figuring out doing a bunch of different stuff over time? Like, how do you? What categories or labels do you put on on kind of your work, if at all? Like, do you want to right. be known um, as a certain type of photographer?
1: I don't necessarily know. Yeah. I don't think I do. It feels hard um, to
0: kind of like nail it down.
1: I know. Because and it's if just you even like, need to at all, I know. Yeah, it's just kind of like having fun um how do you think people describe you now (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh, How (laughs) maybe like a documentary photographer I'd probably say yeah um because I because like you said that was like a milestone of my work and the work was like really um you know impactful like I feel like I've gotten so many comments where people like oh you did it so differently and they look Mm. like so you know different than everybody else who was like photographing at the time and they really did yeah. Um, and I remember I got a compliment from one of the producers at Aperture about the book and hers. She told me her dad, every time he would like flip through the pages, he would always like stop in my images and would just be like so wowed by them. Mm. So maybe being a documentary photographer, but I'm trying to step more into like because I feel like the underlying of my work is tends to be, you know, within like the queer community, which is like yeah. great because I feel like that just it just meshes so well and it sings together so well you know just me being also like a queer individual that I'm just kind of like just makes the most sense and it's just right. kind of like what I'm passionate about
0: yeah no I think yeah. that's really great I think it I mean it's a journey of trying to figure out I mean the reality is too is like what, at the more I talk to photographers you just kind of have to shoot a lot of different things because you're just trying to like continue to get the check to clear and so sometimes that might be shooting for a magazine or editorial mm-hmm. or commercial so that you can do the type of work that's really interesting uh for you as an yeah. individual at the same time so there's a tension of like not wanting yeah. to become a particular sort of photographer or just being known as a street photographer um mm-hmm. yeah so i'm always like fascinated how it seems like more and more people are not necessarily comfortable. They just want to know, like, I create images, I tell stories, and, you know, wherever that journey mm-hmm. kind of takes me. But what kind of perspective yeah. do you think you bring to photography?
1: Hmm. That's a really good question. Um, I, don't, I don't know, because I feel like my experiences have been, you know, just like growing up, haven't been, like, too like insane I guess like I yeah. I mean I grew up in like a small town in Trenton New Jersey which is like predominantly black low-income area and then I moved to um when when it was time for me to go to high school I moved to this like all predominantly like white town it was like upper middle class it was like these huge houses so I feel like I have this perspective where I'm seeing constantly like both sides of things where it's mm-hmm. kind of like coming from this and then now experiencing this so I'm kind of just like meshing together what i constantly see on both sides of things yeah. if that makes any sense yeah, yeah. I know.
0: well even your like style and aesthetic and the images you're kind of creating is i mean they're beautiful images to begin with and it makes sense mm-hmm. that like you're really drawn to film and what kind of like process do you take what do you tend to shoot with what kind of film do you feel most drawn to and then mm-hmm being so like infatuated with the lab during your community college experience what's your relationship to the post-production side of your film and like do you like experimenting in the Mm post-production side
1: yeah um so i tend to shoot on a, a mia rz67 so even just like protesting in 2020 yeah 2020 2021 you can imagine them holding this huge ass camera like like, I'm, not like, running and jumping. Not being discreet at all. <laughs> not being discreet at all. Like, I was taking it to, like, protest, like, all the time. Like, every week. And I was just, like, running and jumping. Um, and, you know, I didn't, even, like, not have a camera strap. But um, I also tend to go towards um, ISO 100. It's just really crisp. There's not much grain. It's still film. And yeah. the colors are just so rich. Um, and then... Post-production-wise, I don't tend to do much to my film. I can say I will do like little retouches and dust things, but I don't like to spend much time on Photoshop. I'm not. I'm not. You want to shoot Photoshop. it exactly as you see it. Yeah, you know, me and Photoshop are not friends. <laughs> <laughs> I can work with it. I can use it. I can do like little tricks here and there, but we are yeah. not friends. <laughs> I mean, it, it can um, be the, a
0: very overwhelming tool. And it's like really interesting now that they're integrating like the AI aspect into it like it'll be interesting to see if it helps in some ways people who feel overwhelmed by
1: the -hmm. vastness
0: of that tool but then also like our friends at visco they started off as a desktop editing tool obviously Mm -hmm. trying to emulate film and then they Mm -hmm. moved to being like hundred percent mobile and now they're Mm -hmm. kind of going back to having like a a web desktop studio where people can edit their oh, wow. images on the website um mm-hmm. so that's kind of interesting it's definitely a little bit easier approach to like post-production but maybe not as like technical and depends on how much retouching you kind of want to do as well yeah minimal. So it's always fascinating L- yeah i mean i think that's like great <laughs> that's a great way to like put your kind of like trademark and style into what people kind of know you as a photographer wise like if you want something mm-hmm. exactly as it happens and as you see it like you know Rami is going to provide that in the images he kind of creates which is really cool mm-hmm.
1: yeah so
0: what do you think are some of the photos you're most proud of but no one really pays attention to in like the Instagram culture of like it seems like the images that get the most likes communicates this is the best image. I think the reality mm-hmm. is there are images from the photographer's perspective that they're most proud of that tend to not get the most attention or likes. Does that does that resonate with you? Or do you feel like your your group actually like has a good eye for what's good and what's not good from your perspective?
1: I think my group tends to have like a really good eye. Like I feel like my portraits are like my favorite like they're like my Mm. all-time favorites but um you know when I tend to go on like trips or like assignments elsewhere I love landscapes I feel like that's kind of like a breath of fresh air for me yeah um that I'm not sure if people tend to like look at too much but I love landscapes where there's like nobody there but like nature um that's you know and I love my friends I love all the people (laughs) in photographs so I'm just like I love my nature (laughs) yeah
0: well I kind of like the pendulum swing of like you know, doing the protests and these large gatherings where it's like almost overstimulation of so much going on, and then trying to capture the beauty and in the individuals within that setting, the pendulum mm-hmm. swing to like going out in nature, and this like isolation factor and just being surrounded by the landscape and stuff. That's like an actually, that's pretty interesting to hear you kind of like say that because I find that pretty interesting and I almost wonder if there's more to that as well too of just being able to take a release and a break from the you know the amount of trauma and experience of that the protests kind of bring and it almost <laughs> I wonder if it is life-giving to you to kind of be out in nature and do a different type of photography and maybe how that will influence like future stuff you do as well
1: yeah um hopefully it does I just feel like I don't know it's just kind of like Because I guess not necessarily, well, maybe. I was going to say maybe that the protests didn't bring too much trauma on me. But I have, like, you know, back protesting, I was, like, arrested three times. So that definitely has some kind of, like, traumas with that. So I think it is kind of just, like, relieving for me in a sense to, like, go, you know, whether it's, like, a quick trip. Like, I went to the Catskills for, like, two whole days like, photograph from my friend. And I, like, took a photo of, like, a horse. And I just was like, ah just like quiet like yeah so Um,
0: post protest and like what do you feel like is what's your pursuit now as a photographer like um what do you kind of like hope to accomplish in the next five or ten years like what's the mm -hmm. big goal for you and have you had time to think about it
1: i know i think i feel like i've had i mean as sad as it is i feel like you know I guess I always like grew up like envying like photographers that had like these really insane editorial shoots and you know they like you said in the beginning they don't necessarily depending on who you are don't make much money but I would just love for you know to bring my community into spaces where true visibility is kind of like there in a sense for them because you know everybody pays attention to like medium these like fashion style situations and just like you know what's new so I feel like bringing my community and my friends into spaces where they really feel seen mm. in a sense and not in a you know sense being seen in like a tra- traumatic way sure you know because I feel like people only tend to pay attention to underserved communities when something bad is happening as opposed to just being like oh okay this is them in like a really Beautiful editorial. I feel like is one I want to do, especially as like a photographer, having so many connections and having this and that. Like I feel like I just would want to take us as community further.
0: Yeah. I think that's (laughs) exciting. How you know, I always think about distribution of like creating these images and wanting to tell these stories, and somehow the best mediums to do that are not necessarily necessarily like the most honoring to the intent of the images and like trying to like tell these stories. Like have you, what do you feel like would be the best method or distribution to be able to, like, show your work? How would you like to show it? And to be able to achieve some of those things you just talked about? Like, is it um, being in the New York Times? Is it doing, like, a gallery or producing your own book? Like, if you were to dream a little bit, yeah. uh, what, if, what feels, like, most honoring?
1: I feel like, maybe not. I, I wouldn't say that. Definitely, maybe just like a book. I feel like just like a personal book of just like images of just like friends that can be just like, you know, just like my own images that can be just distributed out, you know, and just be in everyone's homes. Yeah. You know, where like a gallery is kind of like pertained to like one space, one place for a certain amount of time, where like a book is like a physical entity that anyone can have. Yeah, it's like an archive, like how I feel about my film. You know, I like film because it's like physical Mm. and it's just like something I can have and like rescan and rework and just like revisit and not have to worry whether like, oh, this hard drive will like break down or like, oh, I have to find it going through my phone. I'm Mm. just like, no. So I just feel like a nice little book for like my friends and just like my community and just individuals and like my chosen family can have.
0: Yeah, so now that you're not in school anymore, and you're trying to figure out like this photography journey full time um how do you hope to continue to develop your skills or like have those prompts and Mm -hmm. pushes to experiment and practice in ways people might not expect
1: i know i think it's just really about i feel like now is probably the time to just like photograph like anything like Mm. you know and just like reach out to friends like hey what are you doing today just like I have a camera in the extra role of film like do you just want to shoot just because but not necessarily just because because I feel like anytime I shoot I feel like it has like this underlying meaning that I might not not know at the moment but at a later time will yeah soon resonate and have
0: are there like big questions that you have or like are there like big themes in your life that you would like to explore more?
1: Hmm. Like how themes?
0: Well, I, I just think so much of like, for me at least sometimes creating stuff is so much, sometimes it's about the people I'm you know, working for or documenting, but then it's also mm-hmm. like my own internal stuff that I'm kind of processing through the actual work. I'm never like right. divorced from the work that I'm kind of creating. You know, Mm -hmm. my bias and then also experiences sometimes inform the things for better or for worse, the stuff I'm kind of creating. And so there's like certain personal themes or things that I'm exploring as an individual that kind of draws me to certain things. Like you mentioned uh, the queer community and kind of growing up in a lot of different areas like trying to expose that or bring more awareness to that? Like, does that feel like a theme that will define a lot of like your journey and career? Or yeah, I was just kind of curious if there was other questions that like you pose that then drive the things you're drawn to, to create.
1: Yeah. um, Or are there interesting
0: juxtapositions even?
1: Maybe not interesting, but I just, you know, my work... I feel like as much as I don't know about it, it's telling a lot about me yeah. um, in a sense that, you know, as I keep like, you know, f- like taking photos of, I just keep like discovering things about myself that I was trying to do in the beginning of me photographing like 2017. So it was just kind of like slowly but surely revealing itself to myself in a sense. Yeah. Um, And that's the work that I was trying to create in 2021 that my professor was like, you don't feel connected to this work cuz it was it was just so on the nose that i was just trying to tell that like taking photographs of other people kind of in a sense was like whoa, this is just like you know cuz uh, i do, even like one <laughs> of the
0: images i think it was like a self portrait that you did where you're kind of like leaning over a couch and you can see like you have the little trigger like mm. there's something always powerful when you feel like the artist himself is leaning into their own story and narrative and how that's intertwined into the other work that they're kind of creating because Mm -hmm. you're almost like leaning into like these unscratched surfaces. And so I'm always curious for other creatives or photographers, if they lean into that, if they find that helpful Mm -hmm. and it's scary and it's hard to put words around it at the same time. So it's interesting (laughs) to hear like, yeah, there is a little bit of that, but it takes a lot of time and reflection to kind of think about that. Um, and also kind of like think about what that means and, and why that kind yeah. of drives you at the same time. So I don't know if you have anything yeah. else you want to add on to that, but uh, I was just curious if that related to you at all.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's like really, it is relating because the work that I was just mentioning that I was creating in like 2020, I, um, they were like these portraits of myself, you know, and it was like lockdown and I was like trying to get the assignments done. And they just were like these constant portraits of myself like every week and I was like I'm so tired of seeing myself. So then I remember just like one time it was like the night before the assignment was due and I was like you know what let me go and photoshop and have some fun. So I like completely removed my head from these like nude bodies and I was like no no more in my head. So it was like this decapitated like body with like no face to it. I mean they were me but they just didn't have anything. So it was like that's kind of interesting as to why I did that. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't like a self hatred kind of thing. It just was like really, you know, I guess there wasn't enough exposure growing up hmm. for me in a sense. So And exposure to doing, what just like experiences. Because like growing up in like the small town, my mom would always like keep me and my brothers and my siblings from going out too much. Like when we wanted to go out and have fun. She would like take us to a whole different like town where it yeah. was like safer because where I grew up, it wasn't necessarily safe. So I didn't have like much, much, much exposure to, you know, having fun from outside of school. So yeah. like I would go to school, come home. That was it. If we wanted to go have fun somewhere else, we would go somewhere else. So you know not much experiences so you know in 2020 I was just like having too much time with myself and I was like constantly seeing these portraits of myself so I felt like it was going crazy so I was like mm-hmm. cut that I was like take it off and then now doing portraits I feel kind of comfortable so I think it was like photographing others is revealing to me in a sense where it was like yeah these are portraits of others but I also see myself in them because mm-hmm. they're my images but you know photographing them I feel like you know, there's, you there's some connection to it.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. You know, as a photographer, you're really connected, but I can say even just like having this ownership of over photography, I tend to say it's like in a sense a collaboration. I never want to make somebody feel like, oh, I'm a photographer. This is my image. Like right? it's my ownership. Like I get it. Yes, they are. And I have the physical negatives and I took the photo, but I feel like my images are for the community that I've in- essentially found myself in yeah that's
0: yeah. really cool so
1: i feel like i've had a lot of growing from 2020 <laughs> <laughs> how do you
0: how do you hope your style will kind of change over time like where do you where do you want to kind of grow in your photography
1: um i hope to just like explore more i feel like you know i've
0: in like, things you shoot or like in the style
1: In se- like a style i feel like i tend to um You know, technicality I feel like I tend to put somebody in the middle of the frame and I was like I remember I was like on Instagram one day and I think there's this like editor or there used to be an editor who would like review the aspects and like the technicals of photographs Hmm. and they were like oh you know they always put people in the middle of like photos and I feel like I tend to have this like formality where it's like everything has to essentially be perfect in my mind secretly (laughs) to myself so I just want to kind of like you know, when people say like you get into something and you learn the skills, you kind of like destroy it, like you break it. Yeah. Um, and you make your own rules for it. So I feel like I essentially like want to break away from the rules that either photography has set or I have set for myself and really try to have fun. Yeah. Are there <laughs> yeah. stories
0: within the LGBTQ community that you feel like aren't being told yet? That like you've like got your eye on or like trends that you're like tapping into? Cause there has been like you know i'm starting to see a lot more of like people wanting to document within this community and i'm kind of curious Mm -hmm. like if you're seeing rising trends or stories within that community that you feel like should have more voice or um there should be more narratives about
1: yeah um you know it's really good um because most of my um chosen family friends that i've met in new york city they're all like I feel like I have the deepest connection with like most of like my trans friends um and you know being this like cis like queer individual within a space of like trans people I feel like their voices aren't heard enough you know and I can go on and just like tell these stories and just like things and I just remember like just like being I think I was at this ball that I was commissioned to do which was um uh, this, they call it the Kiki Ball, but it's, like, this organizer from the Bay Area in California, and they organize these, um, like, these, um, balls, you know, essentially, where people do these dances and these, um, dips, and then they get, like, cash prizes, like, the ballroom scene is, like, really big, especially in New York, um, and they wanted me to photograph, and it was, like, my second year photographing the event, and I remember this trans woman was, like, you know, oh, uh, I'm so tired of like these cis queer individuals like telling our stories and um I'm gonna you know take it upon myself to do it themselves and they have like their own video camera and I was like hell yeah you know like I'm not gonna take that away from you and I'm always just like I don't always have a camera on me that's the thing about being about me especially as a photographer I majority of the time never have a camera on me which is really weird but I'm not here to just like take photos of just like these like trans individuals who I'm just really close to and just like tell their story for them. I'm there to be your friend and like a chosen, you know, whether you're a brother, like I'm just like here to enjoy life with you, not necessarily always put a camera in your face. Yeah, well, it's kind of like what you
0: said is you're still, you're wanting to have these experiences because you felt like you didn't necessarily have these growing up. And so you're there Mm -hmm. as like an individual to experience this kind of movement that's happening within New York City. And then it seems like over time, as you've kind of earned the right to be heard within this community and within this family and friends, then it's like, okay, how can I now tell these stories in a way that's both honoring to them and to myself and figuring out how to then distribute and show that work to communicate that story or narrative as well. Yeah, Which I think is smart. Some people don't necessarily want to put the time in to just be around. They wanna go straight to shooting.
1: Essentially, and And
0: then it becomes transactional,
1: yeah, 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 essentially. And like, that's not what I'm here for. Like, I'm gonna tell two stories. I remember I had a conversation with somebody, and I won't disclose their name, but else in the Aperture book. And they, to my knowledge, I believe at the time, or you know, I don't necessarily know their pronouns or how they identify, but I believe they are a um cis queer woman and they were kind of upset about the book because you know aperture only paid like a one-time fee to utilize images and they were kind of upset because you know they didn't get the percentage rights of the book being sold and i was like in my head like okay you and i like we should have no say so whether we get a percentage over essentially this book like it says black trans love Mm -hmm. we're not trans like that's not us giving the images i would have been fine giving the images if no money was even given like they're not they're mine yes but they're for the community like hopefully they should be seen and not be put in an archive and then have a bad taste in your mouth because you're not getting a percentage of book sales that's just me um and then what's my second story (laughs) well that first story
0: (laughs) is is good i think there is because like there's so many images being created now and everyone's trying to figure out how to secure the bag in some way like there's money to be made within the photography and modeling world that money can feel very taboo to kind of talk Mm -hmm. about within the creative industry both from the the subject and from the one kind of creating and then also the publishers and the editorial people that are kind of putting it out and it's a very like I wish there was a better system as to how to kind of go about to both like, you know, reward people for their time. Yeah. You know, it's it's a tough, and I think it's a meaningful conversation that's still worth having. And I think some people who in the photography community that got really into NFTs, yeah. some of what they were trying to communicate with NFTs was that this would create a efficient royalty structure for all the people involved.
1: Essentially, yeah, and
0: I think, like, at a high level, that sounds very interesting. And I think what a lot of people are waiting for is to kind of see if that can actually be proven to be true. But mm-hmm. your story reminds me of that of like, are there financial incentives for all the people who are playing a role in this to where it's like a yeah. win 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 for everyone that's uh, you know, equitable and then honoring to folks as well, too. But yeah, I think those stories you shared are, are really common.
1: Yeah. As I'm trying to remember the second one. I, know. But it's just, I was trying to buy uh, you some time. I was hoping you work it. That, uh, that's totally okay. No, it's no worries. Um uh, well I was yeah. gonna ask
0: you, what are some of what are some of the most common criticism of your photography? What are some of the things that either you like feedback you've given yourself or others, like where do you feel like you could grow in uh mm-hmm. as a photographer?
1: like i'm I guess I'm constantly questioning whether I'm telling the stories correctly, you know, in a sense, like although I might be saying that I'm collaborating with the most of my like friends and chosen family that I've made, like yes, I say it's a collaboration, but is that exactly how they feel? Do they feel that you know just because I've taken really good photos and I you know we're like really close, am I like genuinely telling, yeah? their story you know as a photographer only from my experience like as i'm like learning from individuals that i photograph like you know it's still self-discovery for me but like you know she's trying to like make sure i'm doing it right yeah. i feel like that's like the biggest criticism for myself is just like yes i have this platform and yes I'm like, getting emails every day to do this that and the third um you know, about photography and just, like, doing commissions, yada, yada, yada. Am I, you know, as this, like, queer cis individual, am I, like, telling the stories correctly? So,
0: I mean, it's a heavy burden to, like, be a a storyteller (laughs) and to honor the folks who are kind of involved. So I think that's, like, an appropriate question to constantly be asking. Yeah. And the thing that's tough, too, is when you're you know with photojournalism you're trying especially like editorial stuff you're trying to shoot it exactly as it happened so mm-hmm. that it supports the the narrative or the article and and the truth or the story that they're trying to tell so it's trying to be very direct and specific and literal mm-hmm. whereas and this is where photography can kind of get like blurred lines and and that's good sometimes on the art side you are asking questions and you're exploring things and you're creating this work with this intent to tell the story, but then there's a freedom. Like you lose control. Once the person viewing that work, they are now interpreting that work through their own personal experience and story. Mm-hmm. And you have no control. No one has any control over how people can kind of receive and experience the work at the same time. And, yeah. I think like it seems like the people you collaborate with when you're creating a more artistic asking questions or trying to create images that tell maybe stories or are shed light on individuals within this community it's always going to be open to some sort of interpretation or experience that you all don't have any control over but if you're shooting for the New York Times and telling a story about this community definitely people are going to read it as like a literal interpretation of the of the things that are happening like that carries like an even greater weight to try to like get that right but yeah how does that juxtaposition like sit with you like do you lean more towards wanting to do more of the art side where it's like let's ask these questions or tell these stories and allow people to experience it maybe it exposes things about themselves they didn't realize or they connect with it in some way or do you like the more literal storytelling narrative side or maybe it can be both
1: um i like the interpretation side um i think that's why i tend to like gravitate towards photography in the first place like i if you ask most of my friends they know i don't like doing video it's also because i just hate editing videos post production wise i hate post production it's so technical I, I hate it it's um i can do it don't get me wrong i can do it but when you're good um, at
0: like shooting it at- straight out of the camera you don't have to worry as much about it
1: yeah 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 i think just like i I'm, love the interpretation like i feel like video is too telling yeah um like yes i can have these like like i remember i was doing this like photo assignment with my friend and i was like taking portraits of them for like a semester and i was like pairing it with passages from their journal yeah um you I know and that. Yeah, they weren't, the passages weren't too telling. It was like a day-to-day of just like how they felt. Um, you know, which I feel like can be tend, you know, tend to be like really literal. And, you know, my professor really loved it and it read really well. But um, I, I like the open interpretation. I really do. Like, yeah. I just love for people to make their own stories about things that they don't necessarily know about that specific photo and the events that are going on within that photograph or just like things about themselves that they might not know. Right. Well, I Just like how they feel.
0: Exactly. Well, you posed this question in the announcement of like your Creator Labs, the Aperture Fund receiving that grant. They kind of described you asking this question of how can portraiture illustrate the potential of protest without crossing into exploitation? That right there is Mm -hmm. like such a great question and thesis to go and explore. How can Mm -hmm. I shoot? How can I create a body of work that that question is at the forefront of every image I shoot? And then the image that they have, you know, connected to that with Batty Boy, I think it's a great Mm -hmm. piece of work of you trying to ask that question in the work. The face is Mm -hmm. kind of hidden. But you're seeing, like the tattoos, and it communicates this level of like um, tension and fight and protest within it, without feeling exploitive. And mm-hmm. it, it's always left to the individual now to yeah. have that question and to look at the piece of work and interpret it how how it fits for them and what questions they have. And so back to your point of like wanting to collaborate with these individuals that gives both you and the collaborator a, a a reference point, a question that we're both asking, how can then we we kind of communicate that together through this image? Yeah. And yeah. then I think that's like I le- I see you leaning more into that way as well. And I think you're doing a really great job kind of with that.
1: Yeah. I just you know, I never want to make people feel like you know, like I never I feel like I never want to get this status where, like, oh, my God, Rami's a really big photographer. Like, it would be such an honor for him to yeah. photograph me. Like, any like, somebody says that, like, it, I kind of get, like, tingles in the back of my neck. Like, I don't, like, essentially people's like, oh, it would be an honor to shoot with you. Don't say that. Like, because my response is always, are you kidding? Like, it's an honor for me to photograph you. Like, right. because without, you know, my work and photographing all, most of the subjects and my friends, like, the work wouldn't exist, right? You know, that's the thing with my work. Like, without them, it's a two way work... street. Yeah, it's a two way street. So I'm just like, you know, if I wanted to do self portraiture, I would, but I don't. So, um,
0: so with this never one, exploitative this grant that you just received, um, how are you hoping to use it? Um, what do you have it earmarked for? Are you going to buy new equipment? Is it helping pay for rent? Like, it seems oh. like there's no strings attached to <laughs> kind of the money or are you putting it towards like a new project
1: i'm definitely going to use it i've already have it in my head what i think i'm going to use it on um it's essentially i'm just going to use it to continue the project that i started my senior year of spa um beauty and its time has come so i'm i'm gonna like buy a little film scanner um very cool and i'm just gonna just like get back in the lab yeah you know just kind of like let them cook (laughs) yeah i'm just gonna (laughs) essentially just like go continue to photograph like i'm just gonna go meet up like with my friends that i've known for like three years and just be like hey hmm. like i'm doing a project i just want to like keep it going you know keep that momentum so just kind of like finish that out and see it through um, yeah. see what that can spring i guess but you know my workman exists with a community so i feel like that should be owed <laughs>
0: yeah that's awesome yeah Well, it is is exciting to kind of receive a grant. It's a big accomplishment and affirmation um, as kind of a creator that people kind of value your work and want to kind of help relieve some of the financial tension of all that. Mm -hmm. What, What spurred you to apply for a grant? And like, is a lot of like for you as a creative, the financial aspect, like do you see your work going to be mostly funded through grants? Like, are you doing a lot of grant make writing or... How do you, <laughs> what's the whole money situation like for you to be able to do this full time?
1: I know. Oh, my God. You How know. are you
0: figuring that out?
1: Being an artist has been <laughs> so interesting because, you know, people, there's always stories where it's just like, oh, it's been so hard being an artist. You know, the hustle and the struggle is like so real. And like, I get it, you know, art's not necessarily the moneymaker, but it's what I'm passionate about. You know, if you're passionate about it, it'll work. Um uh, and then I think, like, that's my train of thought. <laughs> <That's the game. laughs> Yeah. Um, do you um, work?
0: Do you have to ha- do you do a job outside of photography to free you up to be able to do the
1: photography work? Or is no, this? Not at the moment, not post graduating.
0: Okay. And is Aperture yeah. the first grant that you've kind of applied for? Do you see like yourself like doing a lot more grant writing?
1: It's, the first official, um, I can say the only reason I really did apply to it was because a um, a person who was a part of the Black Vanguard book who was put together by Antoine Sargent and I believe Tyler Mitchell, mm-hmm. um, David, who's in that book, who's a really good friend of mine, he actually was like, you should apply to this because I believe they were in one of um you know Google Pixels, Creators Labs exhibitions yeah. before because I guess they have them like every year. Yeah. Um, and they were like, you should apply to this. And you know I'm always like really hesitant to apply for grants because I hate getting like, I don't necessarily hate it, but you know it's a disappointment to get like a no or like oh you oh, weren't yeah. selected kind of email back. So I'm always tend to be like really discouraged. Um, so I was like okay, I'm, like I'll do it, and I did it, and I was like whoa. <laughs> i like kind of got it yeah um and there's no so, strings know,
0: attached right it's like
1: you yeah, know no, six thousand so... dollar
0: grant for you to be able to kind of apply it towards what you want to work on and do you have to create <laughs> like any work for their website or provide status updates or any of those type of things
1: no Those are the best to, like, kind of grants yeah i just had to kind of like pitch a project that you know that i either wanted to do or was working on that kind of just needed finalized funding for and I, like hey i started this project my senior year i would love to continue it yeah and then i got it and i was like whoa yeah um that's so awesome. kind of insane
0: yeah <laughs> there's very very few grants where that's necessarily the case but it definitely helps with like being in new york there's a lot of opportunities for like grant funding and things like that mm-hmm. to be able to kind of continue the work as well so that's really exciting. Um, what can what can people expect or follow in the upcoming months and year of like things you're working on like is any any new upcoming stuff or any new books any new projects um, to keep our eyes out on
1: no physical books yeah um but i am like taking not taking a left turn but i am in like talks with somebody from a big brand you can say a conglomerate situation to do something nice um so
0: is that exciting to kind of do like commercial stuff uh, does it feel commercial
1: it feels commercial but it sounds like a lot of pressure <laughs> um you know those projects tend to have like a really big budget and just kind of scary but
0: yeah but i think it'll be so fine. how do you how do you balance that out like what's your support system look like creatively to help you like execute that do you feel like that's i'm always curious because like i feel overwhelmed sometimes by big projects like that and like who do i go to to kind of help coach me or like support me through this effort like have you been able to find that what does that look like or what would you if you Uh, don't have that what would you like for it to look like
1: i feel like i tend to go to i call them my sisters because they're um you know, they're also a part of the collective that I'm I'm in, but they're, like, my chosen sisters that I'm in New York. Um, I tend to go to them. They have, like, a lot of experience and, they're like, a lot of knowledge behind, like, commercial jobs, commission things. So I tend to, like, either go f- to them for help or just, like, go to them to reassure myself that I'm kind of, like, not losing my mind and I'm kind of crazy when yeah. I do projects. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's my support system. <laughs> do you
0: think it helps being in New York to, like, get jobs like that? Like... You know, I'm in Louisville, Kentucky, and I talk Whoa. to a bunch of photographers. <laughs> and there's always this tension of feeling like, can I do what I want to do here in, like, the South or the Midwest? Or do I need to, like, move right. to a big city like New York? Like, have you felt there's a special connection and time being in New York that helps
1: your career? Um, I think, yeah, there's kind of, like, a time for everybody, I can say. Like, I don't think it necessarily... Matters where you are like i I tend to go on Instagram and I always see like these projects and they're always like, oh so and so is like photographing this like small town you know that they're from and just like so i don't I just think it like the only thing that matters kind of like is the work mm-hmm. um and I guess essentially just like how it looks um I think I kind of in the beginning of my career felt like New Jersey wasn't a place that people would read my photographs or kind of be like, why would you want to do that and you know I'm just like so close to you know just like you know at the time being in Jersey just so close to New York that it was like going there wouldn't hurt me essentially yeah. so I kind of went there and you know it's always it's an art hub New York City's always been a place like for artists to just like come and just like collaborate and just be in cahoots <laughs> mm-hmm. so I I just think it kind of depends I feel like it's the right time for everybody to just be in a city and kind of make work or just I don't know yeah no that's really awesome yeah.
0: Well, I'm super thankful for you to kind of take some time and talk more about your work. I'm I'm excited to kind of continue to follow it and yeah. definitely check out your books. Uh, plug. What would you like to plug? Where can people follow you and keep up with like the stuff you're doing?
1: Yeah, I feel like I tend to post a lot on like my Instagram. It's Rami is Rami, which is really funny. I don't I don't know why people tend to think it's really funny, but now that I say it aloud, it's kind yeah. of funny. Uh, it's like Rami underscore is. Underscore probably. Do you find a lot um, of work
0: comes through Instagram still or does it come through your website?
1: Um, I feel like most of my Instagram, I mean I have a website, but I don't like curating my website. I just kind of like I don't even have like projects on my website. I really yeah. don't. Uh-huh. So instagram Instagram's just like,
0: kind of like the portfolio.
1: Instagram's kind of like the portfolio. I feel yeah. like I can just do like an expansive like slap of images up on instagram and it'll be absorbed by all of like my followers and they can appreciate it whereas my website i feel like it's kind of like there i like it it's kind of nice it's kind of curated a little bit with um you know help of a professor in a sense but yeah, it's kind of simple i like the simplicity of it though
0: instagram it's every photographer's best and worst friend in the the industry
1: (laughs) yeah it's definitely a best and worst friend um i feel like i tend to get too absorbed but i feel like it's just a nice place everybody's on there we can't lie everybody's like on instagram so just put your work there see what happens it won't hurt i don't think follow around you know hide the hide the likes you know it's okay likes don't matter though
0: (laughs) that's right